I've never seen anything that gruesome since I fell off the roof of the little shed here at Camp Daniel when you didn't catch me <laughs> that time. You took me to the emergency room. That's after. the Camp Daniel Olympics. That was <laughs> that was a triple axle. That was a yeah. McFakey, right? Face plant. A McTony. Yeah. You invented that move right there. Yeah. You didn't catch me and I fell. Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Where we are here to make you happier. Olympics at Happy Life Studios. What's up, Happy Lifers? I'm Steve O. And I'm Tony. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, so you've been watching the Olympics at all? I have. Did you see the, the men's half pipe last night? Yeah. That was, it was amazing. The whole, I'm not big in the snowboarding or skiing or anything like that personally, but, um, I like uh, how they tell the people's story and that you kind of interjects into the competition and it causes you to root for people. And I, I really enjoy that part. It's kind of like American Idol. You know, they're, they're doing it again this year, but I heard that they're not doing the, um, the auditions. That's what makes American Idol. So great, I think, right. is the from the story and the crazy people and all that type of stuff. And yeah. I'm interested to see how that's going to go. But it's the same true with what you just said here with the Olympics. I love the stories too. I just, it's just so cool. And that's why I love, like where I'm at, we have a Canadian station and a Canadian station will, will play it all day long. Whereas, uh, you know, the American stations will, will usually play, you know, an update in the evening, you know, for five or six hours. But it's cool watching different countries because they'll highlight the stories of a lot of people, not just the Americans, because everyone has a story, right? Like that song yeah. we do at Camp Daniel, My Life Has a Story and Yours Does Too. My life has a story and yours does too. And they call them hosers. That's the other good part of watching the Canadian. <laughs> channel <laughs> what's do they up play the, hoser the, lifers yeah do they, do they play the canadian theme song from uh, <laughs> you got it <laughs> yeah that strange one. crew man that is a classic you do the theme eh? oh. <clears throat> uh, i'm old so if you're too young you don't have no idea what i'm talking about you've got to watch strange brew it was the original napoleon dynamite let me go rent the tape and my son would say, hey, what's that? The yes, DVD? What's that for? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. That snowboarding thing, it sucked me right in. In fact, did you see the qualifying round at all? I did. That was really amazing. Oh, that was insane. Man, I loved that whole mentality. I mean, like... I can't remember exactly how it all happened. You've got a better memory than me, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I just know that they were all doing all out and that was cool. They were going all out. And then at, you know, one will put a 90, then another person will come out and beat them. And then another person come out instead of just trying to make the qualifying round, they were trying to, it was like, even the, the announcers were talking about how that was the heaviest snowboarding competition they've ever seen. It was just to make the finals. You know, it was just a qualifying round. This is This is the craziest comp I've ever seen, and it's qualifying for the main event. And I love Sean White's last run. He's already in. He's like second. A guy came out and just 
put it right in his face, basically, and just, here's my 90-something, you know? And the announcers were talking about, well, what should he do? Should he come out and try to beat that, or should he just be safe and not get injured or whatever? And and I have to admit, I'm kind of torn between the two, and I'm thinking, Shine, you don't got to prove anything, but I think it set the whole stage for the finals. I mean, when he came out and said, fine, you're going to throw down a 95, I'm going to throw down a 98 or whatever the numbers were, I don't remember. So then in the finals, man, and that guy comes out, and in the first run, and he beat Sean by like one point, like 95.25 over 94.25. And then Sean <laughs> crashes and burns in his second one, you know, and then there's only one left. It's exactly what happened in the qualifying round. I think that's that came from him um, not winning anything at Sochi. Yeah, I agree. The last Winter Olympics, you know. I agree. And it's amazing considering how he uh, had smashed his face some months earlier and had the 60 oh, stitches. And, yeah. Said he looked in the mirror and couldn't even recognize himself. Yeah. I mean, how high he was and how hard I've never seen anything that gruesome since I fell off the roof of the little shed here at camp Daniel. When you didn't oh catch God. me that time, <laughs> he took me to the emergency room after that's the camp Daniel Olympics. That was <laughs> because I was there for that. Yeah. You didn't catch me. And I, no, <laughs> That was only like six or seven feet in the air, and and we put the ladders. Oh, no, that was at to, least forty. To I get think. on, but the ladders were on 50. sand. <laughs> and when you hit that, that thing, was way up there. Oh my! <laughs> that was a triple axle with a, you know, <laughs> fakey. That was a McFakey <laughs> right there. Yeah. Uh, McTony, you invented that move right there, man. If we had that on video, yeah. we could make some money off of that. Oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> but you're right. He was, Sean was getting air like in this one, you know, like 18 feet. I don't know what, how much it was there in Argentina or Australia, wherever it was he was snowboarding. But that fall was brutal, you know. It was. And I don't know if you saw the um, the interview on him, but, you know, at one point he talked about that. And he said that um, when he's laying there in the hospital bed and he could look in the mirror, couldn't recognize himself. And uh, he sat there and said, do I want to do this again? Uh. And then he said, and I realized at that moment that if I say, yes, I'm going to go back out on that half pipe or I'm going to go back out on the snowboard again, I'm going to do this competition again. You know, and the Bible talks about you need to count the cost. And uh, a lot of us, I don't think we think about this. We think about love, but we don't think about hate. We think about we want to have somebody to love, but we don't think about the pain and the heartache that comes along with that. And I love what he said when he said, um, when I realized if I'm going to go back out there, I am saying it's this might happen to me again, and I have to be okay with that. To me, that was just amazing. And so if, if, if we want to live, if we want to succeed, if we ever want to love somebody, you're going to go through heartbreak. You're going to go through crash and burn. You're going to go through moments where you look in the mirror and not even sure who you are. But to get to the other side of that, you've got to go through the heartbreak. You've got to go through the the pain and the suffering. You've got to go through the struggle to get there. Did you see the um, cross-country skiing? Did you see that one? I did not. Oh, my goodness. So this guy from Norway, he gets taken out right away. And there's a three-car pileup in the whole thing, and everyone passes him. He finally gets – he breaks his um, his pole, and now he's at the back of the pack. And he comes all the way from the back. He gets off the ground. He could have just given up right there. Three guys pile into each other. They're all laying on the ground in a heap. And all of a sudden, he gets back up and starts going, and he passes the whole pack, and he ends up getting the gold. And the news guy 
said, um, sometimes you have to go through struggle to get to the motivation to do something. I think Albert Einstein said that like failure was success, but success in progress or in the working. And I think that that's something we often, I don't know, maybe especially as Americans too, that we don't, we don't see how success and failure are interconnected and the need for both. Um, and I do, I do, I, I really believe that having failure changes the way uh, you do things. It changes the way you think. And, um, it helps you become a success. It's part of becoming a success. So there are people who just are instant successes, but I think there's few and far between. I think Disney also said that, you know, it's important in life to have a very big major failure when you're younger because it sets up the rest of your life. Um, and there's motivation behind that. You don't want to experience that again. Well, yeah, it's just like Red Gerard, the 16-year-old American who won our first medal of the games. I love the medal ceremonies. But when the national anthem played, you know, he was kind of grinning from ear to ear, kind of making some cute little faces of the people out in the crowd like, hey, I did it, whatever, compared to when Sean White won gold after going to Sochi and not getting a single medal when he was supposed to be the man. And in that interview, he talked about how if it wasn't for Sochi, he doesn't know if he'd even be where he's at. I mean, I think the story of his winning the gold and his dad said that he's never seen Sean cry. And all of a sudden he is just crying. His face is all red. It was so touching, inspiring because he went through Sochi four years prior at the Olympics and didn't get anything, you know, and it changed the way he saw the Olympics. And that win was so much more to him. Um, you know, I mean, it's that failure that causes us to get to where we're at and failure isn't failure at all, all right. unless we decide to just lay there. That's true. And quit. Like you, I like quotes and um, that I've read a lot of quotes on success and failure over the years. And Abraham Lincoln had a quote or I don't, can't remember the exact quote, but it was something about it's not he was never concerned about people's failures. It was whether or not people were okay with their failure or content with their failure. And I I think that when we fail, there's something very motivating about that. There's very motivating about the ugly and the negative and the the hard times that, uh, you know, we don't want to feel that. And so, you know, we work harder to not ever feel that again. And, um, and if we never, if we didn't fail, we wouldn't know what that felt like. So it's important to fail. Right. Versus, Sean White laying in that hospital bed and saying, you know what, if I'm going to get back out on that thing again, I have to be okay with this happening again. Right. And I think our relationship with God is much the same. Sometimes I felt growing up in church that there was some perfection that I needed to be, some way I needed to be. And I don't think God wants us to fail, but I think that God takes our failures and makes them into really beautiful things. So we need to be okay with that, and we should never stop trying new things or putting ourselves out there. And so often in a position I'm in, I talk to young people and talk about you know what God has for them and ministry ideas and thoughts. And in the end, for most of them, it's you know I don't know if I feel called to that. I don't know. I don't think I can do that, and I, I don't have what it takes to do that. Um, and it's really what it comes down to is just the fear of failure. And so we need to create a culture where failing, there's something good about that, that, that we laud something right. trying. Like we've all heard failure is not fatal. 
you know, and not to right. mention all the times where, you know, especially as a youth minister, I heard this all the time, kids saying, I just don't feel God. I just don't, you know, you have those moments where you just feel like God is so intimate and loves you and, and you believe the fact that God loves you and sent his son to die for you. And you believe all that. And there's other moments that you don't even think you're on his radar screen. So I have a story about a failure I had early on. And I, so I run a camp for people with disabilities. I work with people with disabilities in a ministry setting on a daily basis. And is this a failure when you lit the fireworks? <laughs> oh, there's that one too, but I wasn't going to bring that one up nationally. Um, I thought I'd save that for down the road. Um, Let's save that for later. Yeah, save that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, there was a camp that preceded this camp that I went to up in Minnesota that my brother had asked me to go to. And, uh, I, they made me the program director, my wife and I. And so we kind of did games and such things for two years before we started Camp Daniel. And so as the recreation director, one of the things is one night we had a fire and this is a camp for people with intellectual disabilities and developmental disabilities. And we decided we we're going to roast marshmallows. So I ran a town, bought marshmallows went in the woods, cut a bunch of sticks. And when I was cutting the sticks, it's, I started thinking, you know, these this is a group of people with disabilities and they're going to be around a fire. It could be dangerous that, you know, we're going to be putting hot marshmallows and swing them around. And I talked myself out of the fact that, that they needed this experience. So I took all the marshmallows and put them on uh, cookie sheets and brought them into the kitchen of the camp. And, and uh, I thought I needed to do this fast because they're all out by the fire. And so I put them in the convection oven and a convection oven, if you don't know, it blows hot air around and it cooks things fast, but it doesn't really make them brown. So I roasted all the marshmallows in the convection oven, like six dozen marshmallows, and they just got soft. They didn't get brown. And I brought them out in a big bowl and we were going to pass it around. Well, they went from being disappointed at me to being downright angry at me. And uh, it led to a revolt that I didn't know what I was doing and that I was, uh, and it taught me a grand lesson. It was an extreme failure. It was a horrible thing. And I was embarrassed. And, um, but it made me realize that, you know, I'm trying to, in my mind was thinking I'm going to save somebody from pain or from something bad happening. But the reality is they wanted the experience of roasting a, a marshmallow over a fire is just as much as eating the marshmallow. Wow. And nobody wants a white soft marshmallow. Everybody wants a nice right. brown or burnt, you know, depending on who you are. Wow, I totally get that. It changed everything from then on. You know, I've been a camp director now for 22 years. I think back to that failure on a regular, doesn't matter what we're doing, new people come in, we suggest we're going to do this game or that thing, and somebody says, oh, well, are your campers are not going to be able to do that, or they might fail at it, and um, I'm all about that now. I, I think that's, you know, it's, it's, and then it, within the failure at a camp, we get an opportunity to help somebody, you know, get up and stand up again and start walking again and, and try again and, and not give up. And so there's so much more learned than that. And if I wouldn't have had the marshmallow failure on the front end, uh, I would have never got to the fireworks failure that's later that I'm not going to talk about now. <laughs> that's definitely what we got to talk about, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the church has done that as well. We try to protect people. So we create these programs to try to make this thing more simple and to try to protect us from failure. We, we, we want to people to think a certain way and we tell them how to think a lot of times and because we don't want them to go down this failure, we don't want them to go down this path. But the truth is we've got experience the brown marshmallow. The truth is we've got to try. And if we can't do it, we still have got to try because failure is not fatal. So I'm thinking right. about all the people today that are symbolically or maybe even 
physically, literally laying in their hospital beds saying, do I get back out in the game? Right. I don't recognize myself right now. Do I get back out there? Because if I go back out there, the pain that I'm feeling right now could happen again. And so for all of those of you that are in a situation, maybe you, you're in a, a bad breakup right now, or you're going through a difficult thing with your children or with your, with your job, or you're going through a health situation and you're asking yourself the question, do I get back up? Do I put myself back out there in the game? And I say, please, please do. We need you in the game. Your best run might be yet to come. I was struck by how um, when Sean White won and the tears and the excitement and the expression that his dad had never seen him cry. But it, as he walked out of the bottom of the hill and through the kind of path of people and all the people that came and hugged him and congratulated him and people that were very important, including his family. And I heard him as he was hugging his mom and kind of crying and saying it was worth all the work. It was worth it. It was worth it. Uh, I thought that was kind of a poignant moment in that when we fail, it gives opportunity for other people to kind of move into our situation and support us and help us and love us. And if we always had the expectation that that if failure is going to bring people around, then I think that's how God's kingdom is supposed to be set up, that failure will, will bring people who can help, who know what they're doing, who can, you know, yeah. stitch our face when it's hurt or help us to work out or give us tips on pointers on what we're doing and people just to be around to love us. Uh, we would all leap towards failure, to be honest, because that's really what we want as human beings is to have people close around us. And right. when that victorious moment comes, there's nothing. It would have been one thing if it was just Sean White by himself and it wouldn't have been anywhere near as joyous. But he had all these people that were right yeah. there with him, connected with him. And, and partly in do it was because of the last failure that everybody knew this was a purposeful and poignant moment in his life they wanted to be there and i just that was exciting to me that told me that yeah. failure means something so much more than we realize yeah so don't quit get back out there in the game because it will be worth it i don't understand your ways you hold on to all my pain That you are pulling me closer and pulling me into your ways. It's gonna be worth it. Gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it all. I believe this. It's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it all, I know Thanks for listening D-Base